expect bad things to happen, especially when things are going well for me. And when there are struggles, I just feel like God is punishing me. Did you have a very strict upbringing? Mm-hmm. They demanded it was to be the best in whatever we did. If it was less than the best, it was nothing. What would happen when it was less than the best? When we were younger, we were punished, things were taken away, or we were made to study harder, do more homework. But as we got older, it was how they felt about us. Well, it sounds like this caller has lived under the glare of an unforgiving spotlight. Now she's reached out to hope for the heart for biblical answers. The key message you'll hear today is that God wants every person to experience His grace. It's a message you won't want to miss. Just a quick note. This phone conversation was previously recorded. And now, here's June Hunt. Have you tried so hard to be the perfect son, the perfect daughter? Have you tried to be the perfect friend, the perfect mate? Have you felt, I have to be the perfect parent? Look at all those other parents. And here's my son, my daughter, what they do will reflect on me, and I will look so inadequate if they're not perfect. I've got to be the perfect employee. I've got to work so hard. I need to go beyond to prove that I was even worth hiring. I need to be the best I can be. At times, I feel discouraged. I'll see that I did it, and I did it the best I could, and then there was something that was wrong. And that's all I focus on, is what I did wrong. I can't seem to enjoy what I did right because I know what could have been and it didn't happen. I didn't come through. Oh, I get compliments, but they're not telling me what I really believe out loud. They're saying it to themselves, well, she could have done. You could have, but they're not saying that because they're just trying to be nice. The truth is, I didn't do it perfectly. It feels marred. I know people are trying to be nice if they compliment me, but somehow I just can't receive it. And Jesus was perfect. Doesn't the Bible say that we are to be Christ-like? That means like Christ. That means if he's perfect, aren't I to be perfect? The Bible says aim for perfection. Jesus said something about being perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I mean, I try, I try, but it's just not working. That's so impossible. I feel defeated. Sometimes it just makes me want to isolate. I don't know what to do with me. I mean, I'm going to keep trying harder, I guess. But there's always something that's keeping me from doing it perfectly. Ever felt like that? Ever felt discouraged when you really have done your best? And regardless of what others say, you know the truth. It wasn't perfect. And that took the joy out of what you've done. Well, it's true, Jesus was perfect. So how do we interpret scripture? I'm just going to touch on this because... In order for us to have correct answers for these kinds of questions, we need to have a correct understanding of what the Bible is actually saying. In terms of perfection, there are two meanings for the word 
perfect. It could be flawless, without fault, faultless, free from defect, perfect. Have you ever heard this expression? Well, in a perfect world, this is what would happen. Well, that world does not exist here on earth. And if it were a perfect world, then we would not need the perfect Savior. But we have major imperfection. And that's why Jesus is our Savior. So there's not that perfect world that exists. Yet, one day, there will be a perfect heaven. No sin, no sorrow, but not now. So if we look at these two meanings of the word perfect, the second meaning is mature, complete, whole, not sinless. But our aim needs to be to be mature, complete. And God has provided all that's necessary for you to walk in a way that's right in his sight. How did he do that? The scripture that says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, when you humble your heart, you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That changes everything. Now you have the power to do what you normally could not do. He came to die on the cross for our sins. He was born to die, to be the sacrifice for our wrong choices, so that if we would receive him as our Lord, the true shepherd of our souls, now we can be led by him. In the way that's right. So that we can not be sinless because we've already sinned. But so that we can grow and grow to walk in maturity, in wholeness, in completeness. To complete the purpose for which God created us. So when we read scripture, we need to be discerning about what God is actually expecting of us. Is he expecting you never to make a mistake in any way, in any area? No. We are to be whole, wholly his, completely his. We can be whole and complete. And in spite of our mistakes, we can finish the course. I'd like for us to listen to a call from someone who was struggling. My question is about guilt. Why do I expect bad things to happen, especially when things are going well for me? And when there are struggles, I just feel like God is punishing me. I know that's not right, but I don't know how to change my feelings. Did you have a very strict upbringing? Mm -hmm. Describe what it was like as a child in terms of that strictness. They demanded us to be the best in whatever we did. Everything needed to really be perfect? Like, right. If it was less than the best, it was nothing. What would happen when it was less than the best? When we were younger, we were punished. Things were taken away or we were made to study harder, do more homework. But as we got older, it was how they felt about us. When you say they, does this mean your mother and your father? Sometimes there will be a perfectionistic father, it and then was, other times there will be a perfectionist. My, my dad wasn't around. He worked constantly. I don't think even now is aware of how we were raised. Let's say you really displeased your mother. Would she distance herself? Would there be the silent treatment? Yes. I was a teenager and wanted to go somewhere with friends. It would be just no. I never knew what to expect. It was unpredictable. 
Barry. Okay. I grew up with a very unpredictable home life. I would never know if my dad was going to be upset or not. Right. I used to say, hope for the best, but expect the worst. Right. Is that something that you've ever said? Yes. I was always on guard because I couldn't feel safe. There was not consistency. Is that the case with you? Yeah, I never knew how she was going to react. I could say the wrong thing and pay for it for a week. Did you feel that she would be punishing you, just kind of out of the blue? I suppose, yeah. So did you at times expect bad things to happen? Just that's the way it is, yeah. That's the way it was at home? Yeah. <laughs> what was her perspective when she was in her home growing up why would she say I expect bad things to happen because approval was inconsistent when she was growing up okay so approval is huge in this area of perfectionism because that's what the drive is I have to have approval she's expecting bad things to happen and so her background is the unpredictability in this home life. She's living with unresolved conflict over her past. It's not resolved. Notice at the beginning, you said, why do I expect bad things to happen? Well, see, that's what it was like when you were a little girl. You said, I feel like God is punishing me, even though I know he's not. It's because you grew up in a home where there wasn't a predictable way to deal with if your mother was concerned about something instead of sitting down and saying I want to talk with you about this that was There's a, that. this is why it's so vital to be able to talk through a problem parent to child but if you didn't have that your expectation in life is things are going to be the way they were when I was a child how old are you now 28 I feel like I've really healed my relationship with my mother. We have a decent relationship now. I have a daughter of my own, and mm -hmm. I don't let her control me anymore. But I can't figure out how to get away from this feeling with God. She says she's healed. You think she's healed? She's afraid, though, of God. She said, I can't figure out how to get away from this feeling with God. Why? She has a distorted view of God. Why does she have a distorted view of God? She based her view of God based on what she saw in her mother and transferred that to the person of God. Good. That's what children do. They are literalists. They just hear the word God. They're going to have to think of something. Who has the most power? Who has the most control? Who has the most authority in their lives? In this case, you know, dad kind of wasn't available. Mom there, she had the most control. So who is God? What's he like? Oh, like the most powerful person who was mom, who was erratic, who was undependable. She didn't know what to expect. You're listening to Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and we'll hear more of this conversation in just a minute. In addition to this broadcast, you can discover how to get more tools to understand and overcome perfectionism when you go to our website, hopefortheheart.org. But right now, let's go back to June in this pre-recorded conversation with this caller. The caller reached out because she felt like God was punishing her for not being perfect. 
let's talk for a moment about perfectionism. When perfection is expected and when lack of perfection is punished, you grow up feeling like I'm going to be punished because I'm not perfect. Does that make sense? Right. Do you see the relationship in regard to you now? You grew up where lack of perfection is punished. Therefore, when you say, I feel like God is punishing me, who is the only one who is perfect? Jesus. And is Jesus God? Yes. God is perfect in every way. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, perfect. Well, if he's perfect, I'm not perfect. He has a right to punish me because I'm going to fail. Perfectionism puts a cloud over our existence. You can't be free. If you've got to be perfect, because inevitably you're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for the axe to fall. Always. You're living with false guilt. It can be corrected by determining what is false about this guilt you're carrying. You're emotionally stuck in the past. Okay. The good part is emotional pain can heal. My husband is a horrible optimist. <laughs> And we're clashing. I'm pregnant, and I'm just so worried Mm -hmm. about the baby. In what way are you worried about the baby? A million things. What if it's born sick, or what if I'm not taking the right vitamins, or I do all the right things, but there are things out of my control. What if God says, you need a child with some disease? My other child is so healthy and perfect, so I think, well, maybe this one can't be. I know that makes no sense. Okay, now you're on the phone with her. What might you say? Now she's gone down this list of unpredictable things. She doesn't know what could happen, but she has a healthy child here. What is she doing? What's going on in her, and what on earth would you say to her? Can I have some suggestions here? I would think that she just needs reassurance that she can receive forgiveness through Christ and that he's a God of mercy and a Father of comfort. Clearly, she does not have peace, the comfort that you're talking about. So that would be huge for her to feel. Again, she's gone down this rabbit trail of all these what-ifs or God about a healthy child here. Do you think she thinks she's deserving of another healthy child? You're shaking your head no. Do you see the conflict within her? She's fighting battles that aren't even in existence right now. She'll horribleize. Well, this is good here. Things are going so well. So there must be something horrible that's going to have to happen because that's what she was used to. Okay, let's go on. No, it makes sense because of the unpredictability of your home life. You need to see the correlation. Have you ever had difficulty with the concept of being happy? All the time. Every time I get happy, I think something bad must going to be happening soon because this can't last. It's because you're relating emotionally back when everything was unpredictable. And I'm not trying to be down on your mom, but we just need to be honest about your upbringing. You were not talked with to work through the problems. Instead, it was just punishment. What you're relating to, sweetheart, is the past. 
You're relating emotionally to how you felt for years growing up. It's as natural as can be, but I want you to identify with this. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, When I was a child, I thought like a child, but now that I've become an adult, I put childish ways behind me. I've got to evaluate, am I living life as though still in that home environment and I'm stuck emotionally there, as opposed to I'm in a home where my husband is an encourager and he's positive. He was the one that, he says, we've got to find a way to deal with this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he knows that I expect the bad. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to fix it. Okay, what will fix it? He says... And he's an optimist, of course. So that kind of discounts what he would say. But she's called you on the phone. She needs to hear what? Knowing who she is in Christ, not who she was with her mom. Okay. So you're talking about now getting down to the truth about her, not how she was treated. That's very different. You can be treated like trash. That doesn't mean you are trash. You can't help how you were raised, but you can help how you're going to interpret life accurately when you know who your Lord is and the relationship with him. Okay. You fix it by telling yourself the truth. I understand your thoughts because that's what I used to think too. I don't operate anymore with hope for the best, expect the worst. I thought that was the best way to live. But do you see anything in the Bible that says expect the worst? No. If I'm expecting the worst, I'm going to be fear-based. Right. The Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear. You're conditioned to respond that way because of how your mom brought you up. Perfectionists are hardest on themselves. There's a big difference between aiming for excellence versus demanding perfection. See, it's fine for you to aim for excellence. It's fine to talk to your child and say, let's do this the best we can. Mm -hmm. But every child is different. A child can be strong in athletics, in the arts, or academically. Typically, not A++ in all three areas. Everyone is made by God differently. All God wants is aim to be not the best person in comparison to everybody else. Just do your best. Even the Apostle Paul said, not that I have obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to become Christ-like. Maturity should be the aim, not perfection. Now, in the Bible, it does say aim for perfection, but the word perfection doesn't mean flawless. Mm-hmm. If you were to get a Bible dictionary, it would explain that that Greek word means mature, whole. That's very different from flawless, not ever making a mistake. Right. So don't have as your goal something that is unobtainable. God wants you to aim more and more to be mature in Christ. Does that part make sense? Yes. Let's say you have a friend who didn't do something well. Are you real hard on that friend, or do you have compassion for that friend? I don't feel like I'm hard on them. I don't think that anybody can do everything right. Right. I want you to have the same compassion toward yourself. God doesn't expect me to be perfect on everything. Lord, may I learn from my mistakes. 
This is what Peter did. Yes, he failed Christ, but it didn't totally dismay him. He just humbled himself before God and became the man God created him to be. I'm going to send you our material on perfectionism. It'll help you not to have that push, 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 push to perform. What do you do then? What is the kind of message? How do you become mature in Christ? It's to understand that maturity means I see myself through God's eyes. Seeing yourself through God's eyes. That frees people to be able to not see themselves through their parents' eyes, through the people who are excessively hard on them, through their eyes. You're free to be the person God created you to be, to know your identity in Christ, to know that he is the one who has the plan and purpose for you, and that he is a God of compassion. The Bible says his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. He knows the mistakes we will make, but he also equips us to be the person he created us to be, and then therefore to do what he created us to do. And we can be set free. Jesus said, the truth sets you free. So that's why it's critical that we have his truth in our minds. Because from the truth, listen to this, we have a changed mind, you'll have a changed heart. And when you have a changed heart, you have a changed life. You're listening to June Hunt here on Hope for the Heart with a message that God can change minds, hearts, and lives. Discover more of what God says about breaking free from the performance trap with a download of our quick reference guide on this topic. You'll find it at hopefortheheart.org. Let me also invite you to dig deeper into the causes of perfectionism and make a strategy for breaking free with our Keys for Living titled Perfectionism, the Performance Trap. You can order a digital copy or the hard copy of the book at that same website, hopefortheheart.org. Or you can call 800-488-HOPE. Now, here again is June. There can be contributing factors that are held in place by wrong beliefs that you've embraced over the years, maybe even since childhood. These wrong beliefs can even put you in survival mode. But the low opinion of yourself can be overcome by replacing those wrong beliefs with right beliefs. Your self-worth is not based on how you see yourself or how others see you, but on how God sees you. You were created by Him and in His image. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, it's our prayer that you see yourself as God sees you and that you find freedom from the prison of perfectionism. As I mentioned earlier, our new Keys for Living series includes a helpful guide to overcoming perfectionism, and you can find that at hopefortheheart.org. Hope for the Heart is here to help you discover what the Bible says about the hurts, the habits, and the struggles in life. And with all the social media, video chats, and other technology out there, there's just no reason for anyone to suffer alone. Here's more. Taking them off my hook and placing them onto God's hook. I did just this, and my dried, hardened heart was softened. I cried to my Father for mercy and forgiveness. It was a cultivating experience, a renewing of my mind, and joy. 
I had not experienced joy for years. Our mission this year at Hope for the Heart is to help millions on the Internet like Brenda understand how to believe, trust, and apply God's truth to their life. To do this, we have an urgent need to convert more than 100 print teaching materials into videos. Every day, more than 13 billion videos are viewed. People are right now surfing the Internet looking for answers. Start your monthly gift of $30 or more today to support this I Hope video project and receive a copy of June's Counseling Through Your Bible handbook. Make this eternal investment at hopefortheheart.org. Hopefortheheart.org. Thank you for sharing hope by responding to this need. That website again is hopefortheheart.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. Join June Hunt on Facebook for daily access to biblical hope and practical help. And remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. We'll be back here tomorrow with more about this hope. So join us then right here on Hope for the Heart.